this song is like I I it it always I always associate it with like feeling really sad. Like it's not I I know that it's like kind of uplifting. Oh yeah, I love this intro. Oh, there's so much cool like engineering and mixing going on. This is seventies, right? Yeah, yeah. And Pink Floyd was just I feel like they were really pushing it, like some of this stuff. Oh nice recorded at Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is like as legendary as legendary gets. Yeah, Alan Parsons. Alan Parsons was the engineer. The guy who did Alan Parsons project. You know what song they do? The fucking Michael Jordan song. Chicago Bulls. You know what I'm, t- yep. I'm talking about? Yep. <laughs> oh, so he didn't do this one. Uh, Alan Parsons, EMI staff engineer for Pink Floyd's previous studio album, album The Dark Side of the Moon, had declined the band's offer to continue working with them. He's like, fuck these guys. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. I'm Ben Williams. I'm here with Luke Campolietta. We're two music industry people living in Atlanta, Georgia, and we love talking about music. Today's song is Wish You Were Here by rock and psychedelic giants Pink Floyd. It was released on the 12th of September in 1975, and as a shot from a cannon became one of the classic songs by the group and potentially in the entire genre of classic rock, which wasn't classic at the time. Right. It was was just rock rock music. Yeah. Just so people know. It was recorded at the legendary Abbey Road Studios. Most people think the song was written as a tribute to former Pink Floyd band member Sid Barrett, but this is kind of up in the air. Roger Waters and David Gilmour both wrote the tune, which is unusual because they usually wrote separately, which I I think contributes to like how the song is special in their canon. Um, Waters claims that the lyrics of the song are directed at himself, which is a really cool technique to write a song of like imploring yourself to change or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting to think about. And then David Gilmour said that he has never performed the song without thinking of Sid Barrett. So that definitely means something. I, this is a really like depressing song. Yeah. 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 Like it just makes you really feel like you lost something. Even when the, when the music first comes on, yeah, yeah. it's like they perfectly captured like that feeling. Yeah. Just like, and, and especially with the opening with that weird, with the radio, the yeah. orchestra thing and like the, like the hiss and stuff. It's like, it just puts you in a mindset of like, somberness yeah and it's not like an angry no sad like it's not like the reaction to something being sad it's like the lingering sadness that never goes away right and like they nail it i don't know how you do that with music man it's so cool so is that what melancholy is kind of i don't even know if there is is a word for like like, that because it's just like the sadness that never goes away it's not like that intense right right you know it just comes on sometimes in like waves Kind of reminds me of yeah. this book I read in fifth grade called The Phantom Tollbooth. Yeah, classic. Oh, dude, what a, what a book. And they go through yeah. the doldrums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, a Pink Floyd, if they were like our age, they would have made like a whole concept record about The Phantom Tollbooth. Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, definitely yeah. It's like vibe. right up their alley. Yeah, right like, up their alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I'm surprised you know that book. Yeah. Oh, psh, I'd be reading. You that's know what crazy. I mean? <laughs> What's up with all these books? Right. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, so something I wanted to talk about is that, is that like, there's that cool segue into the song. Mm-hmm. And like, I always love it when an artist segues from track to track for a record, 
um, you know, like <laughs> it, like it, like rewards your attention and as a listener and like your effort, which I always like things that do that. Um, like wish you were here is a perfect example. It goes, the song before it is have a cigar mm-hmm. and it's like, there's a radio station change going on at the end of that. And then it starts on wish you were here and kind right. of lands on wish you were here. And it's like, almost like the, 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 in the song, have a cigar, the record executive like sits them down and it's like, that's what the song's about. And it's like, maybe the record executive like changes the station and it's like, wish you were here comes on. And it made me think like, I love when records do this, like Frank Ocean did with Channel Orange, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a Michael Franny record too. That's like spirit freedom radio or whatever. I love this idea that like the songs are coming from different parts of like this world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. Like whenever I think about Pink Floyd, I never, I think they get most noted for People bring up the albums. Yeah, yeah. It's never like just this one song. Or no, that. it's like it almost the dark feels, side of the moon. Yeah, you know, wish you were here. The wall. Yeah, yeah. It's like the albums. Animals. Yeah, exactly. Animize. It's all about the albums because <laughs> like they made albums, and it's sad that you know today, outside of like Frank Ocean, yeah, some some people are doing it. Some, but it's like in today we're like you know we're in single world or we're yeah, in playlist yeah, yeah. world. This whole idea of trying to create like this little world is hard. Yeah, I it's think hard. it's because like. I, and like, I, you know, you can't speak for music listeners anywhere, but it does feel like a lot of people listen are listening to music to like feel happy or to like feel some type of way, like not as like an escape mentality necessarily, but like small compartments of like feeling things. Mm-hmm. Whereas like back then we just had way more time to kill. So you just like sit around and listen to a whole like hour and a half long vinyl record. Yeah. And it was like more like watching a movie. Like that's right. how I feel about these Pink Floyd albums. Like it's kind of weird to just talk about this song. I know. Without being like, oh, like Shine On You Crazy Diamond is on this album. Right. It's like so good. Like Welcome to the Machine, I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But I mean, it just, go, it just goes to show like yeah. it's one of the probably one of the only instances where like the album maybe holds more weight than like the yeah. collection of the songs holds yeah, more weight yeah. than just like the one. That's why I like Pink Floyd know? I think deserves like major, major props. Cause like they have like four albums that are like in the pop culture consciousness, which is like as many as yeah. anybody's and maybe yeah. the most. Let's think for two seconds. I mean, obviously like the Beatles are really popular. Yeah. It's like Paul Paul Simon. But here's the thing about Stevie the Beatles. Wonder. It's like okay. People think of the songs. People more. think about the songs more. Yeah. Okay, like Abbey Road album. Yeah, yeah. The right? white album. So sick. people album. know those. People records, know the albums, yeah. but I think people know the songs. I more. definitely I personally do. So I can I I, w- I would go to say this. People yeah. couldn't place what songs go on what album. Oh yeah, I do. I can't do that with the Beatles, but that could that's just a deficiency in my spirit. Right. <laughs> Let me think. <laughs> Uh, the only other album that's coming like right ahead yeah. to me where like the album might be greater than just like the singles yeah. is maybe Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, because like Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, that's a smash. Yeah, that's and like, like Welcome a, to the Jungle. But the rest of the songs are like as good. That's a I, tough one. People know that album. Man, I've, lo- I, don't know. I love that album so much. But My, it's not like The Wall yeah, or yeah. Wish You're Here. Or animals, or dark, dark side, side of the moon. Of the moon. Obviously, it's like, like yeah, dark like, side of the moon. Like damn, these, you yeah. Know? Dark. It's like dark side of the moon might be the most successful album of all time by any band, artist, singer, whatever. Like yeah. it, it's possible that it's made more money than any piece of music like ever. 
probably. Yeah, which is really cool, and it's a great album. I think um, there's a lot. Of, I think really there's a lot too. of foot. I think they made a, like a movie about it. I think there's a lot of footage of them making it. Oh yeah, they look. They're smoking so many cigarettes inside the recording yeah. studio. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it looks fancy. Like they obviously weren't recording like on this when they were making these albums. But you know, David Gilmore, uh, the guitar player for Pink mm-hmm. Floyd, he has a houseboat. That has like a recording studio on it, and oh, that's like geez. where he makes his records. What do you think about that? Man, it must yeah. be nice. Yeah, dude, we got to talk about his guitar sounds. Um, there's like this beautiful twelve string on the track, mm-hmm. which is like the one doing the kind of affected out. Yeah, <laughs> the affected out version. Like, do you record a twelve string guitar any differently? No, it's weird. How I actually found out about this song, because I'll be honest, I'm not a big classic rock guy. That's cool. Luke, it's, one a of de- my, it's a deficiency in no, my... in your spirit. No, yeah. no, no. One thing I love about doing this podcast is like realizing how different... It's like, well, you and I are really good collaborators, but it's like we clearly listen to different music our like whole lives, which Definitely. is awesome. It's so fun. But when I found out about this song, I was actually teaching guitar lessons nice. to this kid who wanted to learn the song. Okay. And of course, like the acoustic guitar comes on. I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, man, what the hell is with this damn acoustic guitar? It's like out of tune. Yeah, I can't yeah, figure yeah. out what the hell's going on. And I think it being like slightly out of tune or slightly in between. Mm-hmm. And then it's got like these cool effects on it. Like that's what's giving it like this special, like melancholy yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, because it's like like sometimes too, like when something is slightly out of tune but still feels good, it like sounds bigger. Yeah, right. Like isn't that what a chorus effect is, kind of? Yeah. So it's like it's it's why it's the same thing. Like if you recorded your voice over doing background vocals, it'll never sound as big as a group of people doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because no, every single person is singing slightly differently yeah. in a slightly different pitch. Oh, that's so cool. It's like one of those things where like. I just I can't believe it works out that way. Yeah, and it's the same thing with like twelve string guitar. Yeah, so it's yeah. like it's it's got octaves of everything, but it's not a guitar is not perfect yeah, by any yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. Like how you hold the fret and how hard you hit it and how mm-hmm. hard you hold this hand changes how the pitch is going to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's like something really cool about string instruments is like so much goes into producing the pitch, like the variables that can yeah. be made. It's like you can really intonate poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why, and it's the same thing with or, like violin and everything. It's like yeah. a great player can play a low quality instrument and it sound incredible. Oh yeah. Cause but someone that's less experienced playing yeah. an immaculate instrument will always sound inadequate. It's in the hands. It's Pe- in the hands. Like people, musicians know, but like not, not non-musicians listening yeah. to this podcast I, might not. It's like, it's in the hands. It's the same thing with making <laughs> records, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like we have all this technology in the computer and there's all this mm-hmm. outboard gear that you could use in big recording consoles. Yeah. But in the end, if it's not in your hands and in your ears, yeah, it's yeah. not going to matter. That's cool to think about. It makes it seem more simple, which I like. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. <laughs> right. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that guitar sound is cool, though. Yeah, something really cool about this session is... Um, down in in one of the studios in Abbey Road, there's like a few different rooms I, mm-hmm. I gather, and in one of the rooms, uh, Stefan Grappelli was doing a session. Who's like, you know, like one of the most famous violinists ever. Yeah. Like, basically created Western swing music with Django Reinhardt. B- big king shit, king yeah. shit violin player, rips it. Um, Pink Floyd was like, well, he's there. We got to hire him to do the session. So they paid him like for like. Two hours of work, what would be like the equivalent to $2,600 in today's money. Mm. 
and um, he didn't even really make the album. You can kind of hear him at the end of the song. Yeah. But that's it. They're that, just shooting their shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like he's so here, smart. Like, try it. Yeah. You know? you know what? Like, that's the thing about like working in multi-room, like big studios that do- doesn't happen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe the internet's made up for that. Is I remember I was watching this video of Tom Elmhurst talk about mixing David Bowie's Black Star album mm-hmm. and how he got the gig. So Tom Elmhurst is a, has a mixing room at Electric Lady in New York, right? And they were recording. Um, the Black Star. It's called Black Star, right? Yeah, yeah. They're recording Black Star across the hallway, and David, like he, he, you know, they saw each other in the hall, and Tom like introduced himself. He's like, "Hey, I'm over here working on this." And one day, David Bowie just like popped into his room, and they just like started talking. And it's like, and I think Tony Visconti was like producing, and he came in, and they just started. Yeah. It's like this is how these things used yeah, to happen. Yeah, it's so it's cool. I mean, it happens sometimes. I think like. I've been in like a few studio environments in Atlanta where there's like multiple rooms going on. And, and it's always happens. It's always been like incredibly fruitful for, yeah. for me. It's like you make like three times the amount of connections. And then also just like to be around all that energy. Yeah. It's like fun. Like I, you're right. It's like maybe Grappelli didn't make the album, but I bet Pink Floyd hanging out with him. Right. For a little bit, yeah. just elevated them as yeah. musicians, and he it's probably like, he probably took something away from oh, it too. No, yeah, twenty six hundo. Twenty, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think that's yeah. the, that's the thing, like with like making music today, like we're all kind of like desert islands. Yeah, yeah, you know, which can be great because like you look at the that, Billy Billy Eilish yeah, yeah. album, they're desert islands, but they, yeah. it's this paramount success. So it's like it's not a bad thing, but I'm, there is something cool about yeah. being in a place where all these people are creating yeah i mean the billy eilish album is really good but it, it's not pink floyd good well, no like <laughs> the pink floyd i mean it's, it's like it's crazy like you look at young kids wearing yeah. pink floyd shirts and yeah, they yeah. Have the triangle and the rainbow it's like yeah. they don't even really know but it's got it's had such a cultural impact yeah it's big it's like um you know i think pink floyd will be assuming the world doesn't blow up or or whatever wherever we're headed like in like 300 years People will remember Pink Floyd, yeah, and then that, and maybe not much more. Yeah, even like, if they don't the remember music. the songs, they'll remember. They'll yeah, under, yeah, they'll yeah. know the brand. People and people will be like, "Oh, music in like the 20th century." Right. It'll be like, "Oh, it's like Pink Floyd." The way that like somebody might be like, ah, "I never listened to him, but like Beethoven, I know who he is." Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Beethoven's a brand. Yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd's a brand. So there'll be like a dog in 300 years whose name is Pink Floyd, and definitely. like it'll be like a movie. Definitely. Like Beethoven. It's like yeah. it always repeats like that. Oh, it's definitely. Like- <laughs> oh, definitely. Cool. Like, and it's, it's even ba- even bands like Iron Maiden and Slayer, yeah, yeah. just because of like the branding. Like, oh, they have, cool. Like, they they have, do have a thing. There's something like. That you can latch on to. Like, there's no yeah. way a lot of these people, like, that are wearing the merchandise know the songs yeah. or know the, the culture or the story. This song, like, like Wish You Were Here is one, is one of their songs that, like, I think a lot of younger people know. It's like this one and um, Another Brick in the Wall, I think, are, yeah. like, and are then like, pretty what's tops. And the, um, the with the school... Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay, Another that, brick in the oh, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool, gotcha, we don't gotcha. need no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That like one, yeah, that, yeah. Everybody knows that. That's a, like probably uh, the most song, popular song. Song's great. Yeah, fuck school. I'm with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, because like school is kind of like what they were talking about. It's like this mass assimilation. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Like the same. You got to do everything the same way yeah, as all yeah. your other like counterparts. You that know? is like okay. Pink Floyd. What's cool? They're definitely like an iconoclast band. They just did their thing. And like, yeah. it's crazy because they sort of like beat the mainstream into submission because mm-hmm. they're like one of the weirdest bands to be that successful. Yeah. Like, I still am not totally sure how it happened. 
other yeah. than that, the quality is very high. Yeah, and and maybe that does win out sometimes. Yeah, yeah, or people are just ready for it at that at that time period. Right. Yeah. It's like what other bands, kind of like Pink Floyd. Yeah, I mean, was there anyone in in their lane at this time? No, I don't even think this is seventies. Yeah, yeah, this is seventy five when this came out, and they had already been a band for a long time. Yeah, they were a band in like the the sixties. Who else was in their lane? I mean, there there were like a lot of like weirder prog bands out there. But I feel like Pink Floyd had more of like a sound. Right. And they were like almost more like a classic rock or like pop act for the time. I feel too. like there was like more of a narrative there. Yeah, with yeah. With Pink Floyd. Yeah. Where I feel like when you get into like progressive rock, it's less about the narrative. Yeah. And more about just like the music or like the virtuosic abilities of the yeah, players. Yeah, that, that is like an in, interesting thing about Pink Floyd is it's not really about anyone's like chops. Because they're all Any, incredible. Yeah, and, and like oh, it, definitely David Gilmore gets all the love as a guitar yeah. player that he should. He is a virtuoso, but it's more because his sound's so good yeah. and he's so tasteful. It's not that he's like ripping off crazy guitar passages. No, only like in the live show do, does he really like yeah, yeah. really rip it out. And like the drummer is just, he keeps it really, really consistent. Yeah. It's like, about the narrative. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why they were able to forge and eventually, you know, what is it, transcend being abandoned into a brand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's a really good point. They maybe, added the R. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Damn. All right. One the last thing I wanted to talk about with you about this song is like the guitar, the acoustic guitar playing that comes in with the chords. It always kills me because it feels like almost like just out of time. Yeah. It's so behind the beat. Yeah. And like, it's so good. How do people play guitar like that? Because Bill, Bill Withers also plays guitar like that yeah. on his tracks. And it's just like, man, acoustic guitar it just like feels good when it sits back like that. Yeah. it and It's weird though. It's sitting back with it being like in between two keys and being a 12 string and having yeah. some effects on it all add up to make this like yeah, dull yeah. drum effect because like what is like being sad and being depressed it's like you're kind of slow like your yeah, body yeah. slows down right i don't know if they thought like super deep into it like that oh they did you know uh, this is one of those bands that like i do think they like have they like had just many discussions like this just on hella drugs yeah yelling at each other they're like about their own music and like that, that contributes it's also very unhealthy <laughs> Yeah, it's like but, you got to play behind the beat because you're sad and yeah, depressed. Yeah, and it's you know what it is. I think it's I think it's easier to play behind the beat than it is ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's easier. I think it is. Ah, I don't know why. Everyone plays acoustic guitar like really on point, like on the beat or most the acoustic head. player. Yeah, yeah, most acoustic guitar players are right. That's on why when I hear this, I'm like, damn, like this yeah. has got some some butt to it. Yeah, which like I'm not used to saying. Oh, you know, it's like we did that Casey Musgrave song. Mm-hmm. That acoustic guitar is like. It's like that's an example of it being on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. it's thick. And it feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's good. Yeah. This is just like weird. You don't hear a lot of people play guitar like it. And it's like, yeah, it's on this absolutely massive song. Yeah. Like, you know what it also is? Maybe probably didn't even do it to a click either. Yeah, you think they were just playing. Maybe, maybe they were just did yeah. it as a band and like let's just do it. Or he might give you four clicks at the top and then you're out with yeah, the metronome. Yeah. Maybe they just cut it like that. I don't Th- know. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is interesting. Like pro- probably, I would guess. I don't think click tracks were like a big thing. When, I don't. I don't know when they when they popped off. I think they probably maybe, when computers started getting involved. Yeah, I was gonna or say like things like computers. I was gonna say like maybe like the eighties when drum machines yeah, started yeah. happening. Maybe 
is when click track started happening yeah because I mean, this mu- this song like really breathes which is like a really cool part about it yeah like yeah. the idea of pink floyd doing anything to a click doesn't sound at all like that's so that maybe that's why it feels like he's behind because maybe he's like that's what he's at. there's nothing to keep him yeah, on yeah, time. yeah but that's why how he gets that effect yeah man they really knock a, a really cool feeling out of the park with this song yeah this is a really this is a really great one yeah. and it's like it's funny, like David Gilmore refers to it as like, he's like, I'm glad this little country tune touched so many people. And it's like, yeah, it does kind of sound like a country song, but played by like really deep thinking, far out British people. Yeah. And when he said that, I don't know if he, maybe, maybe, maybe he didn't mean American country. Oh, nice. Maybe nice. He was, maybe That's he was right. thinking about the British countryside. <sighs> yeah, you're and, right. Like, there's like this whole. And it is, there is like, there's, there's a connection. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm man. sure British country music is a thing. Yeah. It's like different from like American oh, country well, it's music. Like, I mean, American like country music, a lot of it comes from like music from the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Which a lot of that stuff comes from. Like Celtic music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, uh, there is a, a huge connection. Um, just like a lot of American music now sounds like Pink Floyd. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely yeah. like spacey. Yeah, Way yeah. More spacey now. Nobody does it. Nobody does it like they do it though. There still yeah. isn't really a band that like sounds like them. No. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool, man. Good for them. It's yeah. a brand, not a band. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best. That was the best part. <laughs> 